The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are in the midst of teaching Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. I've been teaching this for several months, and I think it's important for us to realize that abundance can happen now. One of the things I want to get across today is um, what uh, I heard from a friend of mine yesterday, Reverend Lola Wright, I preached at her church, Bodhi Spiritual Center, on uh, this past Sunday as as the guest speaker. And she was doing a recap on her show, which is pretty good. By the way, let me do a quick couple of quick uh, plugs. She has a, a nice show called, um, uh, go to Lola Wright. Uh, the new, I forgot what it's called, so I don't want to butcher it, but she has a ministerial or, or um, professional page where she does it. Uh, Reverend Derek Wells, who's the senior minister of Christ Universal Temple, actually has a Facebook page uh, show called Temple Talks, and which is Wednesday at 7 p.m., and I would greatly recommend listening to it. Uh, Reverend Lola's show is on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., and now, getting back to my point, uh, one of the things she talked about is having worked in the banking industry. And if somebody did an audit on your life, what would they come up with? In other words, if they did an audit like you would do an audit on the accounting systems or audit of inventory, et cetera, would it match what you say is there? In other words, are your actions matching your words? Are your actions, are your results matching your uh, words or what you stated or what you put down, etc.? So let me let me let me put it this way. In this chapter that I've been teaching for the last couple of weeks, which is the fourth E, which is primarily talking about prosperity and money, endowment for a beautiful future. She's asking a lot of questions and it's almost like doing a mental audit. Where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Where are you uh, 
you know, in actual, in physical reality around money. And you have to answer these questions so you can get really clear, your own personal audit about where you are when it comes to your finances. So she actually starts off on page 232 by saying, money is necessary to live a prosperous life, but how much? Now, remember, she's not talking about prosperity in the whole context of the spiritual uh, spiritual context of money, health, peace, love, joy, fun, etc. She's talking about what do you have in wealth? What is your financial freedom? This is important because a person will say, well, it doesn't make a difference how much money I have in financial freedom. But there are people right now who can't get medical procedures because they don't have the money and their insurances won't cover the cost. There are people right now who want to get their families out of areas that are riddled with gang violence and shooting and drugs and et cetera, et cetera. And they're trying to make ends meet and figure out a way to get out of that area. There are people that right here right now in some of these third world countries in a real way are trying to figure out where the next meal is coming. There are people right now who are trying to figure out where they're going to stay outside of their car. You know, I was watching a, a documentary on a documentary, excuse me, a uh, TV show. And I don't remember which one it was where they were interviewing the comedian uh, Tiffany Haddish. And she was saying how she's from Chicago and she wanted to be a comedian and she was out there on the road and to, to live her dream and not settle for the job. She was a 20 something year old woman living out of her car. And, and everything she owned was in her car, you know, just trying to make it. These are things that are happening. She might be a multimillionaire now making movies, et cetera. She said that Kevin Hart, the comedian and actor, Kevin Hart saw her predicament, pay for her a hotel room for a few days and said, write down all your goals and gave her some other self-help advice. And she put her game plan together and that allowed her to get to where she needed to be. But she was struggling and people are struggling because of the lack of financial health. So when she asked the question, Money is necessary to live a prosperous life, but how much? You have to actually ask that question because depending on the type of lifestyle you desire, you might require more or less money than others. When do you want to retire? Do you want to live in the same area? Do you want to live somewhere else? Do you want to get another home? Do you want to have a second home somewhere? Do you want to travel? Do you... You know, what is the status of your health, et cetera, et cetera. All those things matter. How many children do you have? How much debt do you have? So we're going to be drilling down on that. So she wrote on page 232, when creating a plan for funding your abundant new life, have you considered what it will cost? It's always surprising me when people claim to want expensive possessions or luxury homes or five-star travel, but they have no idea what's involved in acquiring that, using it, or maintaining it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you to go without, but rather I'm asking you to be smart about it and first research whether your pending purchases or lifestyle changes 
make sense in light of your other financial goals. Uh, and then she gives an example. For instance, if you like to own a boat, have you investigated the cost of a boat nor use the monthly rate for a boat slip at the local marina? What kind of license or safety certificate you need? The average cost of yearly maintenance, including winter storage. The current interest rate on boat loans, if you plan to finance it, how often could you use the boat with your current number of vacation days? All these things matter. So what she's basically saying is, if you're not really clear about what it is that you're seeking to do, then what will end up happening is you'll jump into something without the wisdom to know if it's best for you right now or are your other goals more important. A lot of times people don't like to admit it, but at the counter of life, there's always some sacrifice. At the counter of life, there's always some sacrifice. So ask yourself, am I very clear about the cost that I need to pay to get what I say I want? Am I willing to pay the cost? You know, that brother James Brown used to saying, pay the cost to be the boss. Pay the cost to be the boss. Now, moving right along. She goes on to say, on page 233, an abundant life consists of, in addition to great service to others, nice things, great experiences, exciting travel, and an inviting home. And there's no question you need money to do and own all of that. But just how much? So she starts talking about making a budget. She says, when I was young, I wrote my first annual budget, and I produced one every year since, both for my business and my household. I recommend you do the same using two columns, one for your absolute current expenses and one for your dream life. So if this is what I have, but if I have my dream life, this is what it would take to experience this life on a year to year basis. In other words, if you won't put it on paper, then most likely you won't achieve it. Remember, a goal is a dream with a deadline. According to Napoleon Hill, a goal is a dream with a deadline. You have to make your goals measurable. You have to be clear about what it is that you're seeking to achieve. As Les Brown used to say all the time, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing dead on the head. What are you aiming towards today in the next few months, in the next year, in the next few years, in the next five years? Etc. And be very clear about it. And it doesn't mean that you can't change your mind. You absolutely can. But when you change your mind, that should also be on paper. Well, I thought I wanted this, but now I realize that I'm going in another direction. All right. Back to the page, to the book, page 234. So she wrote, one of the things I'm... That I'm constantly asked, particularly since I was in the movie, The Secret is, why should I save money for something big? Won't it just show up in my life? Can I just manifest it with my focused intentions, constant prayer and meditation? She goes on to say, 
I call this belief the lottery mentality, since the law of attraction says you must first ask, then believe and receive. While I am a profound believer in the law of attraction and the act of setting clear intentions, constant prayer and engaging in meditation is a way to get clear and strong energy out to strengthen your request and get the God, the universe, the divine or whatever you call your source to operate on your belief. You must, must, must add turbo fuel to your request with action. Notice what she said, turbo fuel with action. When you're in action, doing research, talking to sources, finding out what things cost, you are taking action because you believe that the new possession or new experience will come into your life. This is a powerful signal to the universe that you expect and anticipate owning that item or enjoying that experience. After all, you wouldn't be doing the research if you didn't expect to own it someday. Would you? Now, this is one of the things that come across with uh, new thought folks at times and self-help folks and metaphysical thinkers. Sometimes a person will read, you know, one book and after three days of affirming, they expect millions of dollars to start falling from the heavens into their lap. Now, with God, all things are possible, but not all things are probable. And that's definitely not probable and it's not even plausible. Uh, I'm not saying that anything is possible with God. All things are possible, but it's not probable and it's definitely not plausible. And the reason why I say that is sometimes people do have that lottery ticket mentality. In other words, I'm I'm not going to worry about my consciousness. I'm not going to worry about my intention. I'm not going to worry about whatever. And when I need to shift my mind to be in truth, I'll shift it, even though I've been doing lazy thinking, lazy feeling. I haven't been speaking the word. I haven't been doing my meditation, uh, meditative work. I haven't written down my goals. I'm not really clear. I'm not taking classes. I'm not doing my study work. But once I shift, the universe is going to answer. You have to allow yourself to be a conduit for spirit. One of the reasons why you pray, one of the reasons why you affirm, one of the reasons why you meditate, one of the reasons why you visualize and vision and all the other different techniques that are out there in the world is to allow yourself to be a conduit through which spirit can move. So you have to prepare your mind for what you say you want. And sometimes the preparation for what you want requires physical action. If you say you want something, for instance, you say you want to lose weight. Go to the store and order some gym clothes and gym shoes. You say, well, what does that got to do with losing weight? Look the part. You go to a martial arts school, a karate school, kung fu school, jujitsu school, you'll see a person in a uniform. Why? Part of, part of being in the uniform lets people know and you know subconsciously that you are ready for business. When you put the uniform on, and I can speak on this because as a martial artist, depending on the uniform I put on, that lets me know, oh, okay, if I'm putting on this uniform, we're about to work hard. If I'm putting on this uniform, we're going to do some soft, tight, chi, chi, gong, breathing exercises. This is all good and sweet. I put this this one on, we're going to be, you know, doing a lot of sweating and a lot of physical quick movements. It's dependent. Well, what are you doing to prepare? You say you want to be financially free. 
Do you have any books about budgeting, like, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, like Total Money Makeover or Financial Peace Revisited or, or uh, you know, Susie Orman or what have you studied about money and budgeting and working through these processes? Uh, you say you want to develop spiritually. Have you set aside time to pray, to meditate, to study, to read your books or or preferred scripture? You have to prepare for what it is that you say you want. And when you say you want money, you have to prepare. You have to prepare. A lot of times people say they want a thing, but they really don't. I, um, I was talking to the uh, church staff yesterday about a post that I saw on Facebook, and it was a survey that was done by CNBC, CNBC. And they did a survey about savings, America's Americans and saving. And according to this survey by CNBC.com, uh, 39% have $0 in savings. This is a survey of 8,000 respondents. 39% said they had $0 in savings, no safety net. 18% said they had $1,000 saved. 12% said they had $1,000 or $4,999 saved. 6% said they had $5,000 to $999 saved. And 25% said they had $10,000 or more saved. Now, this is interesting because that's saying that 39% of people can't even get a tire fixed if it blew out. I mean, you have to really be present to it. $1,000, less than 18% have less than $1,000. So if you, something happens with that automobile, brakes, engine, light comes on, et cetera, anything. Have to pay the deductible for your insurance. If it's some type of procedure that needs to happen, uh, you want to, you know, jump on a plane and go somewhere, can't do it. So, so when you put that 39 and 18% together, you're talking about people who have very few. And then when you look at, you know, people like a Dave Ramsey who says, you know, have, you know, start off with an emergency fund of $1,000 just so psychologically so your brain can say, I have some money and then start paying down your debt. And then once you pay down your debt, you uh, create three to six months worth of you save till you get three to six months in your emergency fund. So in other words, if anything happened to you for three or six months, depending on what you're comfortable with in your life, you set that aside and then you start doing investment and all that other stuff, blah, 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 blah. His, his standpoint, and Lisa's going to get into some of this later, is psychologically you need to feel secure when it comes to money. Psychologically, it matters. When you know that you can handle situations your urgencies don't turn into emergencies when you don't have money urgencies turn into emergencies and when and it's important to recognize when your urgencies are turning into emergencies because of lack of funding and if you spend every dime you have trust me your your urgencies will turn into emergencies. Nobody should spend every dollar that they make. 
nobody. Save something. Invest something. Have something. You should really have a plan. You should really have a plan. Um, you know, I know a person without saying his name who developed a plan years ago that still works for him very well. And uh, he had told me about this 20 plus years ago. And it was tie 10%, invest 10 and save 10 And that's his method. For him, that works. He says he lives off the 70%. That's his day-to-day expenses, food, travel, car, you know, home stuff, clothes. He makes it work in the 70%. Now, I'm sure if he needs to pull something, uh, he can do what he needs to do. And because he's doing the tithe first, he's priming the pump to make sure his prosperity is expansive. And whatever needs to show up, shows up. Um, so he's working the law. Now, back to the book. So she goes on to say, start page 235, start doing the research, not only for this reason, but also to assure yourself that you actually want that item. Your research may provide new information you didn't know before. All right. All right. Moving on. She goes on to say on page 236, now that you know how much you need, are you prepared to go there? She goes on to say, as you move into earning, building, and acquiring things that you want, you have to, you're going to have to amplify your game. You're going to have to become a smart, confident, forward-thinking, and financially savvy individual. Are you ready for that? Did you hear it? You have to become a smart, confident, forward-thinking, and financially savvy individual. Are you ready to be all those things? Are you ready to express all those attributes? Because it matters. She says, when I conduct my trainings, uh, when I conduct my training, Chief Operating Officer Susie and I work personally with people to make sure they're prepared to get to the next level. It isn't just a prosperity mindset that's needed here, but an underlying financial infrastructure that is ready to help you manage your new life. Without it, earning a lot of money is like taking a drink from a fire hose. It's too much to handle. Mm. So she's basically saying, if you don't have the the skill set and these attributes, you can make the money, but you can't keep it because it's just too much. You see this all the time with athletes and entertainers where they make tons of money and then you find out they've blown it all. They've burned it all through because they were never functioning from a plan. I remember watching this football player. I can't remember his name years ago. He's retired now, NFL football player. And he set us, he had set aside. He had built a basically a structure around his money the way where his money goes to the financial company. And he gets basically a small percentage of his money to live off of because he wants to create great wealth. So while many of his contemporaries, you know, five years, six years after football, some many of them are broke or 
they don't have the financial flexibility. Some of them become coaches. Some of them become, uh, whether it's college football or pro football, some of them become commentators, et cetera. But not everybody's going to do it. Those type of jobs. Is on. So what ends up happening is some folks can make $100 million, but they had a $100 million lifestyle. What this guy said was, okay, if I'm making six, $7 million a year, Maybe I really can make it off of this $1 million lifestyle. You get the point? So he's still living it up. He still has the nice house, nice car, but he doesn't have five nice cars. And, you know, and the entourage, you know, buying out the club with drinks and things of that nature. He put his, he, he structured his life in a way that made sense. And that's important. It makes sense. So now, he has tremendous wealth because the overwhelming majority of his money went into investing. Uh, it is widely known in the NFL circles that uh, NFL player uh, running back Marshawn Lynch only spends or utilizes his investment money. He saves all of his NFL checks. You know, this guy has been a high-level, multimillion-dollar player for over a decade. Okay. So what does that look like in real time? What that looks like in real time is if he saved every check in the investments and savings, in other words, he's never spent a dime of his earnings and he's only lived off of Nike or whoever else he skittles. I think he had an agreement with them and some other people. That just means that that's all gravy. He's living off of the investments and, and now he can make money moves. That are different. You know, money moves that are different. It's, um, you know, I was talking with some people who, and they were mentioning how a person got some, came into some money, and they went out and bought this very expensive car, and they don't have a place to live. Like, why would you buy an expensive car? Before you bought a house, or if you didn't want a house, just by chance, you just didn't want it. At least alleviate that problem and saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this rent and whatever for his two, three years worth of rent. Now I'll go buy me a car." If you don't want to invest in a home right now, but that just doesn't make sense. So it, we're coming up to our first break. So let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm, click on the donate button and help support this online ministry. Um, if you are on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Please go on it, like it, uh, give it a five-star rating and a positive review. If you could do the same on iTunes and Stitcher. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps with the algorithms to do whatever it needs to do. Um, you know, if you're in the Chicagoland area, make sure you get an opportunity to come and check out uh, Christ Universal Temple. We, we have a guest speaker. We have Pentecost Sunday. This Sunday is going to be a, a healing consciousness. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, you definitely want to come check out um, Reverend Gregory Geist, our guest speaker, and we're going to have a good time. So we're going to take this break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order, through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Have you looked at Unity Magazine lately? It's been beautifully redesigned, and it's full of interesting, in-depth articles and interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies and completely new ways to interpret the Bible, plus the latest spiritual books and music. There's a little news from Unity Village, and some of your questions might be answered too. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. To join the show, use the live chat window or call now, 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching abundance now by Lisa Nichols and... I'm on page 237, where she talks about the financial readiness assessment. This is that audit that I was talking about earlier. Financial readiness assessment. And these, I'm going to ask a series of questions and talk about these questions. So you can take the time later 
to actually drill down on the questions, you can listen to the show again later on the website, iTunes or Stitcher and see where you are or better yet, get the book because that was my original request that for the people who are following along with the series, get the book because I'm only covering uh, a little bit of the information. I can't cover all of the information that's in this book. It's a really good book. All right. Okay. So she starts off by saying with this assessment, each question, she says you on page 238, you'll be rating yourself on a scale of one to 10 with one being, I'm not really good at that. Don't know how to use it or never even heard that while five means I understand it, but I'm mediocre or I'm lazy about it. And I know I need to do more work. The 10 designation means I got it handled. It works for me. I understand it. And I'm utilizing it all the time. You could be anywhere on the scale, but relax and don't worry about your score. In the 20 years, Susie has been using the assessment with upperly mobile individuals. No one has ever scored 100%, not even me. So don't shortchange yourself by being less than brutally honest. Go through the questions and give yourself a truthful rating score on a scale to 1 to 10. Now, remember, 1 means you're not good at it. You don't know how to use it. This is not your thing. 5 is mediocre. You know, you understand what to do, but you're not doing it. You're lazy about it. You're procrastinating or whatever reason. 10 means... I'm a superstar in it. I got it handled. I'm doing it. I'm in integrity with it. Question one. I have a clear, written, working business plan or personal life plan. Let me state that again. Question one. I have a clear, written, working business plan or personal life plan. From one to ten, one being the least and 10 being the highest, where would you rate yourself? You can even have a pen and write that down. If you, if you are in a space where you can write down, you know, you don't have to write the whole question. I just question one and then write a number next to it. I have a clear written working business plan or personal life plan. All right. So she talks about business and she writes, um, if you if you have a new business, you need a full comprehensive business plan that, that looks at your vision, your mission, your strategy, your marketing and sales, your operations, your finances, your organizational development, and so on. I've been in business 15 years, so my business plan is less comprehensive because many of these things are already in place. Uh, I already know my vision, et cetera, et cetera. If, on the other hand, your business is your life, a great career, solid personal finances, finances, stable relationships, good health, and so on, your business plan would contain information like where do you want to be in one year, three years, five years, ten years? What does your spiritual life look like? What does your retirement or investment or debt reduction strategy look like? What relationship do you want to have in your life and how do you want to make them better? What's your health regimen? Your personal plan should include details about your financial goals, of course, and it should always be written down. Rate your scale self on a scale of one to ten with one meaning. Oops, I haven't done a plan yet. And ten means got it handled and I will follow it. So rate yourself if you have the opportunity to do so now. Do you have a do you have a clear written working business plan or personal life plan? One to ten. And if you have both, if you have a business, 
then you will rate yourself for your business plan, and then you would also rate yourself for your personal plan. Question two, I use a financial tracking system such as QuickBooks for my business or Quicken or Mint Online for my personal finances. There are a lot of different ways you can do the personal financial thing. You can even handwrite them like uh, uh, Dave Ramsey has every dollar, which I actually use, but I actually, for whatever reason, like to print out the hand printouts and I just do it myself with my hand. I don't know, but just old school like that. But the idea behind it is, do you have it written down? Let me ask the question again. I use a financial tracking system such as QuickBooks for my business or Quicken Mint Online for my personal finances. So in other words, do you have a financial tracking system? Do you have a financial tracking system? Rate yourself from one to ten. So she say, says it like this. Uh, for now, she goes through a lot of stuff I'm not going to cover. For now, however, rate yourself. A score means, a score of one means I don't balance my checkbook now. Or I don't even want to know what's going on. While a 10 means I look at my financials every month balance my checkbook every month and know the week to week specifics of my financial life. In today's society, there's no reason not to know what's going on with your money. You can download an app from your bank, move, transfer, uh, et cetera, et cetera, funds. You can know on the minute by minute basis where you are. If you missed anything, if you skipped anything, et cetera, from a personal standpoint, there's no reason for you not to know where your money is. There's no reason to say, oh, I thought I had this and I don't. There's no reason for mistakes not to get caught because you have instant access to it through your own cell phone. For um, I can't speak for people who live in other countries because I don't know how the system goes, but I would assume that the majority of first world countries at least have an option for people to be able to access their bank accounts immediately. Immediately. Investments, immediately. You can go online and pull up your investment portfolio. It's not like it used to be back in the day when you worked and you had to get your 401k reports. Uh, you know, you could still get those and, and whatever, but you had to wait. To, for somebody to send things like that to you, uh, your pension money or whatever. Now you can go online and check all of those things yourself. So again, score, score yourself from one to 10. One meaning I don't even balance my checkbook. Or you might say, well, I don't have a checkbook. Well, you don't balance your bank account currently. In other words, you don't know what your real, uh, uh, outtake is, what your real expenses are versus what you're bringing in. Rate yourself from 1 to 10. Number three, I have and follow clear financial goals daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. Again, I will ask the question. Question three, I have and follow clear financial goals daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. Hmm. Do you have goals, financial goals? If You can never take that vacation if you don't write it down and know what it'll take to do it. You'll never be able to have the home if you don't know what it takes to produce it. You'll never be able to have the car 
if you don't know what it takes. You'll never be able to send that kid to the school that you want, that they want to go to if you don't know what it means to your weekly, monthly, and yearly budget. She goes on to say, on page 241, be sure to set realistic goals, goals that set you up to win, goals for the next 12 months, three years, five years, and 10 years, goals that stretch you, but they are also achievable in the near term. In other words, sometimes people psych themselves out with goals that are well beyond their level of current comprehension. Emmett Fox wrote in the Sermon on the Mount, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So if you're writing something that's more imagination and less realization, then your realization has to catch up to that imagination. And in in the meantime, you're not demonstrating anything that you desire in life because your goals are unrealistic. In other words, you don't have a consciousness for it. You know, uh, you don't have the structure for it. You don't have the divine order for it. I'm a big believer that one of the main reasons why people don't have what they want in life is just because they don't live orderly lives. The time management, uh, what they put their attention to, what they allow to distract them, um, you know, matters. And it keeps them from achieving what they say they want. But they don't have a life that's set up for what they say they want. And sometimes they're saying, you know, they, they, they have these heavenly goals, but they don't maintain what they currently have in divine order so let me just say this point in a point blank manner if you can't put what you currently have in divine order it is highly unlikely that you will achieve what you say you desire what you really want because you can't maintain the small stuff scripture says it this way Good job, good and faithful servant. You've been um, faithful over a few things. I'll make you master over many. Jesus gave, uh, talks about a man who gave one servant five talents, money. Another, the other, second servant, two talents. And the once, the last servant, one. The man who had five invested, turned his five into ten. The second one invested his two, turned it into four. The one person took his talent and buried it and gave back the, to the master the one talent that he gave. Mm. And the person who had the one talent, who buried his talent, his talent or his money or his resource was taken from him. If you can't, if you can't handle what you have, how are you going to say you want, you go, you want, you're going to do more. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, so, anyway, she goes on to say on question four, oh, wait a minute, let me finish this question three. So she says, think about your current situation for a moment and then rate yourself on how well you have set financial goals that are attainable and intentional, attainable and intentional. A score of one means I don't have any, while 10 means you bet I've got my goals written down, they are realistic, and I have a written plan of how to achieve them. Number four, question four, I know how much money I need to save and, in, and invest to achieve financial abundance. Again, I know how much money I need to save and invest to achieve financial abundance. One more time, 
I know how much money I need to save and invest to achieve financial abundance. Rate yourself from one to ten. She wrote, you know how much money you currently need to live on, but do you know how much your desired future lifestyle costs? Do you know how much you'll need to save and invest to pay for that lifestyle? Hmm. Just think of, because if we're not clear, we're, you know, this is sometimes when people, uh, they get a raise and then they go get the biggest house they can find. And they don't take into account, yeah, this house is really big, but it also means it has a big electric bill, it has a big heat bill, it has a big tax bill, it has a big landscaping bill, et cetera, et cetera. And what ends up happening is instead of owning the house, the house owns them. So, uh, you know, so when you get that and you, and, and then you get the, you know, the, the Mercedes to match it. And I'm per, pro get what you want again, pro get what you want, but you always got to count the costs. You always have to count the costs. Just be mindful of it. All right. So, So she says you should go on like the online calculator. She talks about bankrate.com and I'm sure there are a lot of others where you can actually put in the real numbers and get real numbers out of it. Uh, by the way, I didn't ask people if you all want to call in, which is my mistake. Uh, if you want to call in, we don't have that much time left. We're going to 11. Um, 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, If you want to call in and ask me a question, uh, you need to do that now. So she wrote, if you haven't determined your financial abundance goal, the amount of invested capital you need to support your dream lifestyle, you are at a one at the, at our rating scale. If your goal is so vague, that your only dream is to pay your rent this month, you're also at a one. Scoring 10 on the rating scale, on the other hand, means you have financial goals that are measurable and you know the milestones you must reach to amass your financial abundance fund. A 10 means I've got a plan and I'm working it. Question five. Here's the real stickler. I know my monthly budget and I stick to it. Question five. I know my monthly budget and I stick to it. I'm going to say it one more time. Question five. I know my monthly budget and I stick to it. I mean, does it really, do I really need to say any more about it? You know, either you know your monthly budget and you stick to it or you don't. So rate yourself from one to ten. One being the least, ten being the highest that, that you know your monthly budget and you stick to it. Question six. I track my productivity and either raise my prices based on my ability to produce or I've asked for a promotion and raise at work based on my increased skill set and high productivity. Now, this is key because people out there just hear raise. Uh, and make sure that that that's connect that that raise and or promotion are based upon increased skill set and and your productivity, high productivity. All right, 
if it's your if it's your business that you need to look at what you need to do to make that stuff work. Question seven. So rate yourself one to ten on that process. So she wrote it this way. Uh, how well are you tracking your productivity and value to others? Constantly improving it, quantifying those results, and then communicating this improvement to your customers, employer, or other people who are partners in your financial success. If your answer is not very well or wow, that seems really egotistical, give yourself a want on our rating scale. A 10 means avidly measuring my success and talking to whomever I need in order to improve my financial picture. So this is a process. Rate yourself to 1 to 10. Question seven, I am comfortable with the amount of debt I have. I am comfortable with the amount of debt I have. Mm. She said, do you know month to month whether you can manage your debt or does your debt manage you? Does your level of debt cause you to make financial decisions that would be differently, that would be made differently, excuse me, or benefit you greater if that debt didn't exist? While a lot of people say I'm comfortable with my debt, what they really mean is that I make minimum payments each month so my debt is easy to manage and it doesn't impact me. These people are making the minimum payments because they can't afford to pay more or they don't have the discipline to do so. All right. So and so she talks about something she says on page 247. You may not have no you may have no consumer debt at all or you may pay all your credit card balances in full every month and if you're the cash and carry type who doesn't buy until you have the money to do it great job you're managing your debt appropriately plus not all debt is bad with the right kind of debt you can buy a home or fund your education plus you need a certain amount of manageable debt to repay uh repayment to establish good credit if you are confident that your that you use debt appropriately, then you are lim- limited your debt to specific purpose purchases. Then you are on track to pay off the debt in a timely way. Give yourself a 10 on our rating scale. If, however, your debt is out of control with no end in sight or worse, it is impacting the financial decisions you make about your future. Give yourself a five or lower. Now, um, there's a lot of different schools when it comes to this. I think that, you know, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki talks about, you know, good debt versus bad debt. And his his definition is, is it debt being used to, to create assets? Like he'll say, like a home in his definition is an asset because it doesn't put money in your pocket unless you sell it or rent it or something like that. Um, the question comes into play is most people have bad debt. And, you know, I tend to lean on the Dave Ramsey side. And Kiyosaki says the same thing, too. Be very careful about bad debt, you know. Uh, and if and as soon as you can get it paid off, have a plan to pay it off. you got to get that car and you got to get the car loan. Great. Get that. Get it paid off. Get it paid off. Uh, credit cards, you know, if you have them, you know, I'm not I'm not a big credit card person. So I can't speak to what other people do. Uh, you know, but but I have zero balances on credit cards. I just don't believe in doing it. If I can't pay for it cash, I don't buy it. it. Just it's just I just don't like carrying debt like that in my life. Anyway, question eight: I carry no high interest debt. Question eight: 
I carry no high interest debt. Again, I carry no high interest debt. She says using high interest credit cards to make purchases and carrying a balance on those cards from month to month will keep you in a cycle of amazing discomfort. Look at the interest rate you're paying on each of your credit cards and look at the number of cards you have and use every month. Decide what you need to do to eliminate that high interest debt and manage your credit card balances every month using including using debit cards in the future. Not only will it give you greater peace of mind, but it will also be on the road to financial freedom much sooner. As she says, if you carry no high interest debt or are comfortably or you comfortably play it, pay off your cards every month, give yourself a 10 on our rating scale. If you need to pay off and eliminate those cards, give yourself a one. Uh, question nine. I understand the difference between good debt and bad debt, which I pretty much explained already. You know, there's debt that you can use to, to start up capital for investments for your business, et cetera. Uh, the, you know, student loans, you know, if you have a plan, some people have student loans with no plan. I know people that are 60 years old with student debt. You know, $100,000 in student debt because they've been paying minimum payments forever and then stop paying and paid and stop paying and paid and stop paying and pay. You know, and you have to be really mindful. Uh, people that are 18, 19, 20, 21 making decisions to take on twenty-five, $30,000 loans at that age have no idea what that means. Then you connect it to interest rates. So, and if you're not necessarily maximizing it, you're not necessarily getting, you know, your, the value. Um, and some people take on those loans and then they don't even finish. So you got to know the difference. So she said, uh, you know, she uses this in the context of good debt versus bad debt, like your credit cards to to pay off this, that, and the other, et cetera. I'm talking about just in general. Be mindful of bad debt, the credit card debt, the store card debt, the using credit to buy random stuff and lunch and all type of different things, or you just got to have that new item. Um, be real careful. Be real careful because that'll get you in a spiral that's hard to get out of. Last question. I know the dollar amount. Question 10. I know the dollar amount needed to meet my monthly budget, and I got a community that helps me achieve that. I know the dollar amount needed to meet my monthly budget. And I've got a community that helps me achieve that. One more time. I know the dollar amount needed to meet my monthly budget. And I've got a community that helps me achieve that. Uh, and when she starts talking about a community, uh, you know, what are the, what is the financial uh, status of the people that are around you? Uh, Dennis Kimbrough, the uh, person who wrote Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice, once said, if you got nine broke friends, you're most likely the 10th, or nine broke people around you, you're most likely the 10th. And it was a joke, but what he was trying to say is having people around you that are handling their business matters because culturally you're creating a culture that we, we get down a certain kind of way. And when you got people around you that don't, if you bump into an emergency situation, uh, not an urgent, but emergency, and you don't have anybody that can help you, uh, that matters. You know, I always tell people when folks are saying to me, well, this person, um, 
you know, um, you know, lost their, you know, got put out of their apartment and they don't have anywhere to stay, et cetera. And I started asking questions like, what's going on in their life that they don't have anybody in the world that could let them stay for a week or whatever? What is it that you, how is your life showing up in a way that says, I have nobody that's close to me or I have nobody in my space that has any level of resources that can help me when, when the, when the chips are down, it's just an interesting conversation worthy of having. So, you know, in on page two fifty, she talks about how you add up your score and all of that type of stuff. So you can do the, all those things on your own. I just want to make sure that you take the time to do what you need to do. I you know, next week we're going to continue working with the book. The book is almost done. We got a couple of more weeks to go before we wrap this book up. But I do think that this book is really powerful because it gives us an opportunity to really look at our lives and see what's working and not working. And trust me when I tell you, some of this is uncomfortable. A lot of it will be uncomfortable. But if you're willing to push through, you'll get your breakthrough. But you have to be willing to do the work and you have to be willing to trust yourself and trust spirit and trust others and get some accountabilities in place. Nobody likes to be held accountable. We love to live from the premise. If you don't call me on my mess, I won't call you on yours. But we got to start living differently if we want different results. So it looks like it's about time for this show to end. Um, I appreciate all of the support that you all give. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transformers. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.